Hey there, friend. If you are tired of feeling tossed around by the busyness and heaviness of life, or if you've had enough of that sneaking suspicion that you just aren't good enough, and if you want to be done with feeling rushed around from one half to to the next, then I want to welcome you to Unshaken Rain. Guess what? Frantic, frazzled, and pushed around by life's worries and trials and fears, that's not who you are, sister, and you don't have to put up with it anymore. You are a daughter of God, so that means that you are royalty. You are chosen, uniquely positioned to give hope and peace here on earth. And maybe all that sounds nice and stuff, but also people are hurting, relationships get messed up, we fight with our husbands and yell at our kids because they walk out the front door with only one shoe on. Listen, I know that life is full of twists and turns and hurt and disappointments. I know that the heartache can feel absolutely crushing, but that is not what we are defined by. I'm done hanging out in that place and you can be too. So come find freedom from the heaviness. Get immersed in the truth of who you are and discover the practical tools you have available to you so that you can stand steady in the face of life's uncertainties. Confident in the Lord and confident that the you he made is good. You are more than a conqueror, my friend. You totally rule. I'm Corey Hallett, and this is Unshaken Rain. Hello there, friends. I hope you are well today on this beautiful spring day. I got to tell you, I am just having the time of my life. I came home from my great uncle's house uh, yesterday with a huge haul of citrus. My uncle lives in Southern California and he grows all kinds of citrus. And so here I was staring at it all earlier today. And so I am trying my hand at making some candied grapefruit peel and they are simmering on the stove right now the house smells amazing and the sun is shining and it's a beautiful spring day so I am just so happy to be here and having fun so I'm excited to talk today about mothering a little bit now I am not an expert in mothering at all. In the grand scheme of things, I haven't even been doing it all that long, but I just wanted to share some things that have really impacted my outlook on my little women and the relationship I have with them and the legacy that I hope to lead them into. So this concept hit me just a little bit ago while reading again through the life story of David, King David in the Old Testament, and then on to the life of his son Solomon. And it first stuck out to me that I thought it was kind of sad that King Solomon got to be the one to build the temple of the Lord, even though that had been actually David's idea. Now, if you are like, eh, what are you talking about, Corey? Then I will have a little side, we'll take a little side road here and I'll give you my favorite, an Old Testament lesson. Yay! I so love the Old Testament because things were totally legit and it's very epic, but there are also hints and allegories all over the place in the Old Testament that not only point to Jesus, but that also really have a lot of similarities with our lives today. Because I really do think that underneath all the technology and cars and politics and, you know, women wear pants now and stuff, underneath it all, I believe that we really are still 
epic kings and queens who have been grafted into the royal line of David through the blood of Jesus. It's kind of like why movies like Lord of the Rings feel so inspiring to our hearts and books, because deep down in us, we're like, yeah, I know that it's just life or, you know, college or mothering, but sometimes it feels like Lord of the Rings, you know? So, so let's travel back, okay? We're going to go back to the book of 2 Samuel, Bad King Saul had just died and finally stopped chasing David around the countryside. And David conquered a bunch of Philistines again. And then finally, after a really bummer failed attempt, he was successful at bringing the Ark of the Covenant back to the city of David. And this is also um, the same time when David, you know, danced around in the streets naked because he was so stoked that the Ark of the Covenant was back. And then it says that everything kind of calmed down for a hot second in the kingdom. And David looked around himself in his fancy castle. I mean, it was still the Old Testament, so it couldn't have been too fancy. And he turned to the prophet Nathan and he said, hey, this feels kind of weird and it seems kind of unbalanced because I live in this nice house made of wood and God still has to live out back in a tent. And what follows is an interesting little conversation and for, I'm really not a Bible scholar and I'm not even sure that I understand all of it. But first, Nathan says, sure, go for it. Do all that's in your heart. And then the next day, after God speaks to him, Nathan comes back to David with a message from God where God basically says, no, you know what? You're not going to build me a house, but I see your heart and I'm going to build a house for you and establish your family as the royal line. And then you are going to have a son. You're going to name him Solomon and he is going to build me a house. Then many years later, as David is getting ready to die and he's getting his affairs in order, he's giving, getting everything organized. There's even a passage where he gets the musicians organized. He was very thorough. And he starts stockpiling a bunch of gold and silver and metal and cedar wood and skilled workmen. And he calls in his son Solomon and he charges him with building the temple. Now, this is in 1 Chronicles chapter 22, and here he says something interesting to Solomon. Um, he says that God told him, God told David that he had shed too much blood to be the one to build God's temple, but that Solomon would be king in a time of peace and abundance, and then the temple could be built. Now, if I was David... I might have been a little ticked off because, I mean, other than Bathsheba's husband and that whole fiasco, a lot of David's killing was, you know, Philistines and other attacking tribes. And David was protecting the people. And I feel like David might have felt like, hold on, I thought I was doing all that for you. And this is the part that I don't fully understand. But somehow David was called to be a warrior. He was a man of action. He was probably a little bit impetuous. And he was appointed for this season of, as my husband would say, kicking butt and taking names. And so it seems that God wanted his temple to be built in a season of peace and not in a season of war. Okay, so what does this have to do with me raising two little ballerinas in 2019? Well, there are things that we contend for, right? Things that we hold in our heart, ideas, dreams, vision for things that we want to do with God, for God, in our lives, in our families, in our communities. 
Matt and I contend for and ask for healing, both physical and emotional. There are family histories of certain diseases that we ask God to put a stop to. And there are family histories of emotional struggle and sin that we ask God to end now and forever in our family line. And then there are also just the things that we want to do out of the, the joy and abundance and, and fruit of our hearts, right? Off the top of my head, I want to adopt multiple children and run a coffee shop and have a homestead and be an author and run a lavender farm. And those are literally just the things that I can think of right in this second. And other than my own children... I have never had the honor yet of praying with someone to invite the Lord into their life. And it's such an incredible honor, even with my own kids. But I've been asking that the Lord use me in other people's lives to draw them to him for years. Like, I think I've been asking for this since I was about, I was probably eight. And I had a little neighbor friend whose family was super messed up. And I so, so wanted to bring her to Jesus. And that's a long time to be waiting for something and asking for it. And it's a good desire. And I I just keep asking the Lord to use me in people's lives like that. But here's my point. On days when I am up to my ears in argumentative little blonde children and when they can't get along about who's going to be which Lego friend character or when they have the audacity to argue about what show to watch. Ooh, that's that's a bad one. That's a bad choice, right? Don't let mom hear you arguing about TV of all things because that gravy train will be over really quick, right? And when those days happen, I try to stop and consider, okay, who exactly am I raising here? Not only what gifts and personality traits do I already see that help me to understand who they are, what they're needing, what they're going through, but also what promises might they be holding that they will come, that they will like see come to flourish or fruition in their lives. I've got one little kid who is so concerned with right and wrong And then on the other hand, she is so compassionate that she has a really hard time merging the two, but she loves to talk about Jesus and she's a little evangelist. And I have overheard her explaining key and important pieces of the gospel to her sister. And then I've got another one who watches situations. She watches rooms and she feels, and she's a little slower to speak, but she doesn't miss anything. She's a quiet little warrior and she will strike when she needs to, but she waits. I'm tempted to ask myself sometimes, who the heck am I raising, right? When one of them on their own comes and prays for me because I'm not feeling well or I have a headache and they come and they minister to me or when they tell me about a dream that they had that had Jesus in it or when one of my or when my little artistic one draws a picture of a stick figure Jesus walking out of a tomb, I think, oh my gosh, who am I raising? But the real question isn't, who in the heck am I raising, right? The real question is, who in the kingdom am I raising? Who in the kingdom of heaven am I raising here? Growing up, I really liked the book Little Women. And then I proceeded to read Joe's Boys and Little Men. And I liked those even more because I really resonated with Josephine's heart and passions. But Little Women, the first book, is called that because that's what the girl's mother called them. She would refer to them as her little women. And lately, I've found myself referring to my girls as my little women because it keeps me in mind that I'm not just corralling little hellions. 
And mine are even pretty rarely hellion-ish, but they have their days, okay? And I'm not just teaching my nine-year-old how to not be, you know, snotty and teenagery, and I'm not just teaching my four-year-old how to tell the truth. I'm raising little women, and not just any little women. I'm raising little warrior princess kingdom women. And who knows what things I'm fighting for and taking ground in now that they will get to build on and watch come to fulfillment. It's kind of sad when I look at it because in the case of David's family, that time of peace did not last very long. And again, those stories in the Old Testament, they're hints, right? They're appetizers of what would come through Christ. The bloodline of David was not able to be perfect until the perfect king came. And through David's sin of adultery and murder, the Bible says that he brought a sword into his family. But through Jesus, we're moving on now from glory to glory. And I really do believe that just as the Old Testament says that the sins of the father are visited on future generations, I believe also, so also is the heart and the righteousness and the hope and faith that we work towards. That's also given as an inheritance to our family. So for those of you listening, I don't know all about your life. If you are a mom or an aunt, a grandma, a neighbor, a Sunday school teacher, you are passing on promises and commissions to the kids in your life, those little men and women. We may be called to seasons of groundbreaking and ground taking and establishment, and we might just be holding in our hearts the future hope of things that our children, whether they're our physical children or our spiritual children, that our children will get to put their hands to and see the Lord fulfill. Now, that affects several things about my life right now. First of all, it affects how I mother my little women. And again, I am not a mothering expert, um, but it can really help me on days when I'm just about pulling my hair out to stop and consider what they are capable of and what the Lord might have for them in the future. It also affects how I cover my nieces and nephews and my kids' friends when they're in my home and the way that I care for them, the whole little generation that they're part of. And lastly, it affects how I dream even because no longer do I come up with an idea or a hope and I think, oh, well, that could never happen in my lifetime. Now, when I feel those hopes kind of flash through me, I can just gather them up and store them in my heart, kind of like the way Mary, the mother of Jesus, treasured up in her heart the things that she noticed while raising him. I store these things there in my heart, and I'm not afraid of not seeing them happen in my lifetime because we're part of a much longer um, timeline, right? I might just be the carrier of a dream that is still gestating and waiting for its right time. So not only am I mothering the little women, but in a way, I think sometimes we're holding and mothering these promises for future generations. So I hope that this encourages you today. If you have kids or you have kids close to your heart, I ask, I, I want to encourage you to ask the Lord today, who in the kingdom am I raising? And help me to see them through your eyes. And I really believe that that will affect what you hand to them, what you pass on to them and what you invest in them. 
So I hope you are blessed and encouraged. I hope that this message finds you well, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. All right, friends, that's it for now, but I would love to interact with you and get to know you more. So come find me on Facebook or Insta. Let's hang out. If you loved this episode, give it a like or a share or both. And be sure to leave a review on iTunes so that others can find us and be part of the fun. Thanks again for listening. I'll be back soon with more Unshaken Rain.